been working in football now for like over a decade and over a decade it's and somehow like the league never runs out of storylines i mean over the weekend we had a 341 pound defensive lineman who shortly in just a few months will become arguably the most athletic player in the entire nfl and just today, one of the league's best receivers now not only won't get traded to another team, which hurts the team he's contracted to, but won't play for an entire season because of a, you know, a damn eight game parlay. I, I tweeted this out. I don't know if it didn't really hit. So I don't know if maybe it wasn't clear, but it was you know like, feeling. Yes. Yeah. You, you think you're like, this is going to be a good one. And then it's like, it's dead. And you're like, God, man, what, what, what am I missing here? But he, he made the bet on the 28th day of the month. Yep. And he did a three game parlay. Yep. Which, if you're an Atlanta Falcons player, 28-3. It's the magic oh. numbers. It's the Illuminati at work again. That's His good. biggest problem was uh, betting on the Falcons. Like, I feel like the NFL shouldn't have suspended him. They're like, ah, well, you bet on the Falcons. We have to shame on you. We got to punish you for that. I, there, a lot, there was a lot of the NFL are hypocrites for taking sports books money yeah, and telling. And I, I mean, I understand that take. And I had a couple of friends arguing that with me too. But it's like, you got to understand. There is, I mean, one of the like the hardest and fastest rule delivered to players is that you may not bet on NFL games. Yeah, NFL players are allowed to bet on other stuff technically, um, but for so long they've just and that was like a revised that's a revised thing in 2018. So like any, I mean, most people are just going to stay away from sports books and stay away, you know, because you do casinos in the off season or something, but like. You just have to understand they can't be betting on games because, you know, Pete Rose always claims like, oh, I only bet on my team. I thought they would win. It's like no one believes that, bro. You know, yeah. like, like no one believes that. So I, I think I, I get why people would see the hypocrisy, but it's just it's got to be that way. Wait, There's I a couple really layers to this real quick. Like one, it's like the quality of the game. That is the most important thing. Right. Um there's also the element of, well, if the quality of the game is so high, like why haven't we heard anything more about the Stephen Ross $100,000 per, per loss? Is, to, that one is a concern, yeah. To That's the coming, though. That's different, obviously, because it's an owner versus a player. But also there's a layer on top of this where if we believe that Calvin really is the only one doing this and maybe he's the only one that is now locked into the one-week window that you know Florida had mobile sports betting uh, with maybe a username that was – very clearly Calvin Ridley as well. Was it really? It, it might have been. Who knows? Okay. Uh, there, think, there's I mean, also he probably signed up on his for his own account. Yeah, and just yeah. and didn't. I mean, which you know that's sort of a uh, a, a that's a red flag. Of yeah, sort. use your cousin, somebody, yeah. your neighbor, anybody. <laughs> this is uh, and I even think of it from like the the Falcons' perspective here because one, I think Calvin Ridley was going to be one of the major storylines of this offseason. And we know this, like we, we watch the press conferences. We've heard everything since like the postseason press conferences of Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot that like, he was not going to be back with this team next year, but there are so many teams throughout the league that have like a true wide receiver need. It's like a dire situation for them. I mean, the Eagles are up there, the, the Patriots are up there, the Jaguars, the bears, so many other names and Calvin Ridley while 27 years old, was like this this proven name that you probably could have gotten for what a second round selection, heck, even like a, a late first if it came to that. But we love wide receivers entering the league, year two oh, breakouts, I, I, rookies, I think, and everything like that. But like, I, I think how really could have changed teams. 
I think you were definitely getting a first for Calvin Ridley. Like yeah. if you wanted to trade him because of the just because of the number of teams, Josh, that were in, needing a wide receiver, and because like Calvin Ridley's a stud. I mean, I, I have some best ball shares of Calvin Ridley. Some the uh, some whatever the contest was that you guys were that the underdog contest that big uh, board. The big board, yeah, yeah, yeah. I drafted Calvin Ridley. It's like <laughs> he's definitely going somewhere else. Same he thing. is, he is, but it's not to a team. Yeah, a couple things real quick, Josh, is when I was an intern uh, for the Chargers, I was just a marketing intern. It yep. was like very clear, like day one when you sign up and you're working there, it was clear like, yeah, you are not betting on these games, even as a marketing intern, uh, minimum wage. Like you're not putting your your $12 an hour on any team. So it was very clear. I couldn't, couldn't imagine what they were telling the players. But with that said, I mean, Roger, like there's a sliding scale here. You're betting on the team. You're not betting against the team. Like I think it's like there's a got to be something like you're betting mm. against your team. That is massive. You're betting on the team. You're not even part of the team right now. Like a full game or a full season seems pretty harsh. I know they got to make a, a stance on this, but like there's got to be some gray area. Um, I was kind of disappointed, like how strict they came. Like eight games would have been like, all right, we get it. Like, do not make this mistake. Anybody else in this league, a full, full season. season. And he's going to be what, like 38 when he, he's so damn old as a prospect, he's going to be so old when he comes out of this. One, one thing that I thought of when this, when this happened, I couldn't figure out the way, like right way to, to formulate it and, and, and send out in a tweet. But like, this is kind of the best case scenario for the NFL in the sense that if you were going to have a player, get caught gambling after gambling's become more widespread. It's somebody who was not active for much of the season. So, and like sort of off our radar, you know, he was, he was about to be back on the radar because of a possible trade um, who did it in a way that, you know, did it like a square, like a, like a square donkey. You know, he bet on parlays and he included his own team and bet on them to win. And the NFL figured all this out. Right. And like, when you hear, Mike Garofalo and Ian Rappaport and Tom Bellicero reporting on it on NFL um, network, like, I mean, you know, those guys are, you know, they, they do work for the NFL. So yeah. like you can feel safe in, 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 and it was very clear that the NFL was getting all this out there and, and, and it wanted all the information out there, but so they can suspend him for a season. So his $1,500 parlay just cost him $11 million. Those are bad tough odds. odds. Yeah. Tough odds. Tough odds. <laughs> tough odds. And um, by doing this, you like, you were really going to send a message. That's the only thing, Hayden, is like, I think we do eight games. You know, I don't know that that necessarily scares away every possible player from gambling. You know, like you might have a death and you never, you never scare everybody away, but like you, a full season, like that's, like that it's changes hard. his career. Oh yeah. No, oh, totally. And then even from the Falcons perspective, like a year ago at this time, it was Matt Ryan to probably Cal Pitts to Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. And then, NFC South already was up for grabs, but like that was probably going to be the best offense if we fast forward it to this point. And now it's like totally blown up, totally, totally blown up. So who's going to win this division, man? That division is trash. Everyone watch, in the division's gone. Watch Matt Rule go nine and eight, and then like get an extra extension onto his contract because he made the. Playoff. Oh, I can see that. <laughs> With Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, I cannot, speaking of I cannot see that, by the way. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot see that happening. We're going to have a whole uh, Superflex draft here in just a moment. want to hit in a couple more things with Will while we have his time. Um, well, I know you post a daily show over on CBS Sports. And after four days of like on-field work, two days of media work before that, Throw me one takeaway that you had from like the last week of the combine, either from the coaches, that side, personnel standpoint, or or the prospect side as well. 
Yeah, I think just the, I, you know, and, and this has been echoed, this has been said and echoed by plenty of you know, draft analysts. So, you know, I mean, I, I don't feel like I'm stepping out of my lane here, but that the, um, the depth at this in this draft is really good and that there is not a ton of separation, even from the first over the first prospect, number one prospect or the first pick, whoever you want to be, you know, whether it's, um, like who did Daniel Jeremiah? Who's his top prospect? Is it, is it is Aiden he, maybe or Evan? It's one of those guys. I think Hutchinson is one for him, and then like Iquanu is two. Yeah. Shout out NC State. But like, let's. I mean, we think the Jags are gonna go, go offensive line, but maybe they go edge. And it's just interesting. I think how this class with the cornerbacks and there's a bunch of wide receivers, but there's no Jamar Chase, and you know there and the offensive line, defensive line. It's just always fascinating to me to see how. Uh, a draft class matches up with the needs of certain teams, particularly early in the first round. And I think, you know, unlike 2013, this actually works out for the teams at the top because I mean, in the chiefs and the Jaguars needed, you know, linemen then, but they, you know, they didn't want to take Fisher and Jokel. They desperately tried to get out of their spots. Um, and, and, you know, if you need a quarterback this year, you're, you are, you are taking a serious gamble on, you know, I, like I don't think that this. I mean, this goes without saying, but you know, the 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 Mahomes, uh, Deshaun class was sort of poo pooed as well, right? You know, oh, it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't. You know, it's was like, yeah, it might not be a franchise quarterback in here. I mean, I really don't think they're like. I don't think we were going to get somebody like that popping out of this class. Um, so yeah. I think maybe that's my takeaway is just sort of the the big picture look at this particular draft class. Yeah, my model, I'm just starting to fire up my model. I was looking at all the positions, like none of them. Like the quarterbacks, I have them right now, 89th percentile prospect for Kenny Pickett. Then it's Matt Corral, Sam Howell, Malik Willis, all in like the low 80s. Desmond Ritter, 74th percentile. And like you look at like the historical guys, and like that range is like Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold, Paxton Lynch, Jameis Winston, Drew Locke, Mason Rudolph. You're like hoping you can find a starter and I kind of agree. I think for fantasy purposes, like Malik Willis is obviously the one that has the most upside. Even if Kenny Pickett is good, like let's say he turns into Mac Jones, like you just went from like a, a quarterback 28 and you earned like quarterback 22 per game. That's not really moving the deal. So it's yeah. not a it's not a good class for fantasy. I was like trying to make the most out of it for wide receivers. They didn't test all that well. They're, it's very undersized group. There are some flaws. And same with the running backs. Like I like Brees Hall and, and Kenneth Walker, but outside of that, it's like, very much a depth draft, which is nice for like the NFL teams. But like, if you're trying to find like a fantasy superstar, I'm not sure when you uh, do, where to find it. When you do a model, I'm just I'm curious. But like, are you? Mm-hmm. It's just all Excel, and are you? Do you? I mean, I mean, I'm assuming so, right? Yeah, I got I, Excel and, and R. That's why I bit. Okay, like I do, I do models for golf, but um, mm-hmm. it most it's like on FantasyNational.com, right? Like, I like I'm not I'm not a spread, and and then it's like I take my son's switch and I play the golf game, and then I. Then I tweak my hand. I didn't know if you were like, will you alter what the model spits out for those quarterbacks? And if you're like, yeah, I know Willis is better than that. Da, 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 or like, yeah, I, I use like my model initially just to like figure out which, like how to like, I want to get into buckets with the model and then like go from there with like gotcha. my own personal rankings. But the, the biggest thing I do, which, and I do this like immediately is I like put projected draft capital in there. Cause like that is the driving force for all the models. Like it's not production, not athleticism. This is for all the positions. It's like, where are they getting drafted? And that's like the biggest thing. So I'll do one right now to update the draft or the model as we get closer to the draft. But that's like the big component. And then it's like also like it's not the models like just giving you kind of like an average projection of how they're going to do in the NFL. But like some players are just like 
better fantasy assets like the Malik Willis. My model doesn't, it's just like for NFL production, it doesn't, it doesn't know that Malik Willis is like the fantasy superstar. So that's where like, gotcha, I just gotcha. want to get in the right direction and then kind of like use some context around it. Well, whenever Hayden talks about his model, my brain just jumps to weird science and think he's like creating <laughs> something that's going to like crawl out of the closet. Anyways. Um, no, I was always, I, I was just curious. I mean, like I was, it is I, I, when you hear like my mod, like, like mm-hmm. golf, Everybody, everybody in like the golf DFS space is like mm-hmm. always says my model, but like ninety nine percent of the people are doing it on a site that's like, you know, got all the you'd have to acquire any data. Just pay uh, it. It, it's it's such a different draft this year than it was last year. Remember last year it was an NFL record for the amount of time it took a defensive player to come off the board. That's right. And this year that's gonna totally flip on its head. And we saw like NFL.com posted that tweet of um, it was like record setting forties for like basically every single position. There's a few layers to this. And I think a few reasons why, uh, one it's the time change in terms of night versus them having to get up at like four o'clock in the morning, do Ooh. all that stuff in the morning, then start, you know, running at 8 AM. But it's also the fast track. I think Lance and, and Dane pointed this out that back in 2020, uh, Lucas Oil stadium, get a new turf. And oh, that's right. That's right. The, so there's that layer on top of it, but I also don't want that to completely like discount how well, outrageous this um, group is. Go ahead. I was gonna say, don't forget that uh, this year they changed. Who, who's doing it? I, I swear, I, I keep it. They changed. It was Charlie Casserly before. Well, I'm I'm only talking about official times. Yeah, Mar- Mark Ross okay, was the hand timer this year versus Mark Charlie Ross. Casserly. So so that's why to me we had such a disparity between the official times and unofficial times on television was because someone knew like someone should never be eight one hundredths of a second off. And like, so that completely like discredits uh, what we just saw on TV when a guy's running like a four six Oh, and then it goes back to the official, like a four five two, like then we're not even getting, you know, an accurate assessment of it. But the crazy part about, yeah, the, the crazy part about Georgia though, is like when you look at so many of their, top producers on defense, they all came from them, either a top tester uh, at a specific event or like overall. And then Jordan Davis headlines all this. Again, I, I want to put into context what he did because it, it's patently absurd. And hey, if you can like find his numbers, that would be incredible because of what he did versus like Aaron Donald, who you have to understand that Aaron Donald coming out of, of Pittsburgh, who we think of as this freak athlete, 6'1", 285, had a 4'6", 940, a 16310, had a vertical jump of 32 inches, a broad jump of 9'8". You compare that to Jordan Davis, who again is 6'6", 341 pounds. So nearly 60 pound difference between these two players had a the same vertical jump, had a better broad jump, and then practically... I mean, the 40 was by, you know, nine tenths of a second off. But still, like, this is just truly, when you think back on it, Don Terry Poe had like a four, eight, nine coming out or whatever it was, and just moving, just booking it. And so Jordan Davis played about 155 snaps, I think, in the regular season for Georgia last year. One, it's understandable because of the pieces that they could rotate in and how they just, you know, bring in new prospects every single year. But what he can do on the field now at that size, to me, well, it's getting to a point, and I think I am Alec pointed this out on Twitter, like you can't just go and find this type of prospect out there. 
right? You can't just yep. find this type of player out there in, in free agency. So this term of not knowing exactly or mindset of not knowing exactly what to do with him because he's a part-time player in college and what can be in the NFL. Well, look, is overdrafting someone who is truly the word unique is the definition of him. And the only way to get him on your roster is to get him through the NFL draft. I always love those types of players because, again, this is like a whole new case study of what a player can look like and he breaks the mold. Um, it is a shame for Jordan Love's uh, own personal financial situation that David Gettleman, who would, if he were still employed by the Giants, possess multiple picks in the top 10, is, is, uh, is no longer with the Giants because even Dave Gettleman could not. He's like, I got Dexter Lawrence. Right. What about Dexter Lawrence and Jordan Love two together? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he would. I mean, like, I don't think he could resist it if he had two picks in that spot. Oh, yeah. And although, I mean, the one thing I saw, I think uh, maybe they pointed out on the telecast was that, uh, you know, against Al he wasn't as effective in the SEC championship game because Alabama ran tempo. I mean, I do sort of wonder, you know, you can't do that to Aaron Donald, right? Like, yeah. like at his size, will that be a problem for him in the NFL? Will, will he be so dominant? that teams will alter their game plan for him. It's possible. I mean, he's a, I mean, that's pretty rare. You know, the, the defensive tackle who forces teams to completely change their, their game plan is, is, is rare. And I'm not saying he and can't it's, it's a tiny list. You're right. Yeah. Um, it, it, by the way, the Georgia thing is kind of interesting too, for this draft class. I think we'll look back at uh, 2021 Georgia's de Georgia's defense in 2021 and be like, that's all time. The defensive version of LSU and 20 LSU's offense in 2019. Yep. I like that. Uh, the, the, the one thing with, as like teams keep going to uh, too high defenses, I think the value of defensive tackles is going to go up because if you have a Jordan Davis, all of a sudden you don't need that seventh player, eighth player in the box as often mm. though. And it, to me, if you if if you're making an uh, offense change their game plan just because you have this this freak of nature up the front, like that in itself seems like a win to me. So like I'm not as concerned as other people are about the snap count. Maybe you can make them lose 15, 20 pounds anyways, and it can just be uh, your interior lineman um, for for 50, 75 percent of the snaps. But I just think keep him how he is, and if you're just making teams. Uh, be really like have to change their game plan every week or you're gonna you get a have a safety go over the top instead of having to play another person in the box like to me that's good enough to solve that problem i just think the, the value of that position entirely is gonna have to change a little bit yeah just be super productive for 35 snaps a game and just recap perfect it, you yeah. know how high how high do you think he can go because i see ryan wilson my colleague at cbs sports yeah. has uh, did a mock draft that came out uh on monday and he's he hasn't gone 13 to the Browns, which I thought was extremely high, but not in, insane. But his 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 his, uh, his blurb was: Is this an overreaction to Davis's out of out of this galaxy performance at the combine? Hell and yes. I mean, and, you know that's totally fair. Like yeah. he 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 made himself a lot of money at the combine. No, th there is a true planet theory thing where there's only a certain amount of people on this globe that can move the way that. He does. And actually, we haven't seen anyone do it on the defensive side of the ball. That size, that force, that swiftness. Again, is there such a thing as overdrafting a talent like that? I, I don't think there is. I, I really don't know. Well, I, I, I haven't gone in and, and gone in depth. I think he's going top 10 now. Well, and, and the thing is, you mentioned Aaron Donald, right? Aaron Donald fell in the draft because he was too small. Russell, yeah, I mean, 285. 
Right. And and he's short. It's like, I mean, I, I, I understood it. But if you watched him at Pittsburgh, you're like, this dude just plays football. Like, it's not going to be a problem for him at the next level, no matter what. Yeah, he was actually the the Rams' second first round pick of that draft because maybe it took Greg Robinson second overall. Right, or third Greg overall. Robinson second overall, and then Aaron Donald circle back. All right, let's uh let's jump to a draft. By the way, flex. okay, go ahead. By the way, I was gonna say if you can still get it, Iki Aquanu first overall, anything plus money, I think is pretty good. All right, well let's let's throw this one out there. I, I think the Jaguars off season and mainly their free agency is going to tell us a lot of what they do with that first overall selection. Like 100%. let's say it's the Jaguars and the dolphins as the prime players for like Teron Armstead for say at left tackle and the Jaguars go and get them. Then it's Aiden Hutchinson probably at, at first overall. So and I, I think Hutchinson's out there is like plus 500 right now for the number yes. one overall pick. So I've been peppering. I've got, um, uh, I got icky at a pretty good, I got him at like 30 to one. Four to one, and then oh, some yeah. more at one to one. I grabbed Neil at like two thirty, I think, and then I'm gonna grab. I grabbed some Hutchinson today at like two ninety two, just because that's the best that was available to me. But I think that um, Drew Densick uh, at Whale Capper on Twitter, great oh, dude. Yeah. I got with the Lakers game with Drew at the Super Bowl. There's the only other person I saw besides CBS people. <laughs> um, he uh, he he has. He's like he he pointed out today that basically if you can get those three guys at plus money. Yeah, you're gonna get him. You you have a hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. Like you've like it's gonna be one of those three guys for sure. Yeah. Um. And uh, the, the here's the other thing though, I think Josh with the the tackle is the whole whole off season, whole season really, and then this off season is gonna be the Jaguars didn't they're ruining Trevor Lawrence. They're not protecting Trevor Lawrence, and I think that you are gonna have an owner in Shad Khan who will push aggressively, and and has an influence with the football guys there. Um, to to make sure that they even if you go over the top, even if you're like, all right, Icky's going to be a right tackle or something like that, um, to make sure that you get stuff around Trevor Lawrence. I would also point out that uh, that Trent Balky drafted or scouted four NC State uh, players while with the 49ers. Manny Lawson in the first round in 2006 when Balky was a scout, and then they took Marcus Hudson to safety at a, at a rally later in that draft. Now, there wasn't a whole lot of talent for a few years at NC State in the football team, so maybe he would have drafted more. Uh, but then he came back and took um, – Like Deontay Johnson? Was Deontay that? Johnson. And the then uh, – Yep. And then Catavius Street. The uh, Oh, my guy. Yeah. But Me and Catavius are, are, are online pals. He had torn his ACL, too. Yeah. Um, so that's – and, and then the other thing, too, with this is, if you look at Icky, I mean – and I, I'm biased, obviously, but – no. He really fits the profile for what you want in an offensive lineman in Doug Peterson's offense with his just his athleticism. Second can get at the second level. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't think we. Yeah, I mean, he can, you can pull with him. You can do whatever you want with him. So, I, to me, that all lines up pretty nicely. I'm excited to dive into these guys over uh, over the next two months. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited for free agency too to shape some of this because, like we're talking about with maybe the lack of quarterbacks here and there where uh, a team in the top 10 could go one of two or three different directions. Hopefully they cancel out one of those and it makes our process a little bit easier of figuring out what they're going to do in the, uh, in the right. top. Like 10. If, if the, and I know you're trying to get to the draft, but if the Panthers yeah. still, if the Panthers don't trade or sign somebody in free agency, I mean, can he pick it committed to Matt rule? At Which Temple? he loves. And I don't know if you know this, but David Tepper's undergrad yeah. not at Pittsburgh. I, mean, I, I, you know, I did not know that. Oh, I, yeah. yeah, lock that in the mock draft for sure. No, 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 no. Here's, here's my in. issue with 
these teams that now are searching for a quarterback this year when they had the opportunity to go get Mac Jones last year. And also, yeah, that's a good point. Poor on you, Twitter, for spending the entire draft process shitting on Mac Jones because you thought he was all going number three overall. When if Mac Jones was in this draft class, I mean, all the way to the top, yeah. like yeah, by himself, easily by himself in a tier of his own. The, so. the Jaguars would be would be trading down with somebody. Yeah, yep. because and they would be getting a lot of first round picks because of Mac Jones. Then you, yep. you're not going anywhere this year. I think that really speaks to like the microcosm of like the three months that the draft season can be is when everyone can just pile on a player. And then the next year, obviously he, he can be fantastic. Okay. Well, oh, yeah. you have like not done one of these super flex drafts yet. You are the first to get in here. I was going to bring up the ADPs, but we've gone a little bit too long, 25 minutes now into the draft. And we'll uh, I, you- I do think that you should um, explain the setup there. Hayden, yes. take it away. Superflex, we have added a quarterback temporarily for this tournament. What we've done to do that is we took away a wide receiver spot, which I'm sure knowing our followers was a, a bad decision. But you can only start two wide receivers right now. It's two, two quarterbacks, two running backs, two receivers, and a tight end, plus a flex spot. So what it does is twofold. One, obviously the quarterbacks are going to go way up. Could you Seven in the start. top 12 right now. Yes, and I think that you should be hammering those types. And but second, secondly, it devalues the wide receiver position because all of a sudden you only get to start at the most three, but most often you're only starting two of them per week. So that's the the biggest change. Obviously, by default, uh, running backs and tight ends get moved down the list as well. But the big thing to me, I think, is the wide receivers. You have to make an adjustment just based off of. Uh, the format and and basically the scoring setup. So um, for me, I wrote my a column already on how quarterbacks are undervalued on underdog in general. This was before yep. we dropped a super flex, but I think just the, in half PPR, the scoring is just way different. It's not full PPR with bonuses where like the wide receivers are scoring almost as many points as the quarterbacks. Like, nope, yep. not on our side. So I think that um, if you are missing out on the top tier quarterbacks, you are basically, um, going to be chasing points the entire year so for most of these i would be on team quarterback early and then pick up the value um with wide receivers uh later in the draft and well i actually want to get your perspective because you were an awesome user this year for like the first time <laughs> yeah over sure you were you were great well one of the best you? i might say um, um and i know that like best ball you're not new to fantasy football but best ball is a very different format especially half point ppr Biggest takeaway from the season, not to like put you on the spot here, but no. what's the point? Okay, sorry, it, it, it's changed a lot, and especially again, half point people are with wide receivers and one's taken away here, so on and so forth. But I know you have like one thing that you probably want to change from what you did last year. Yeah, I would, um, I would have, like Hayden said, I would approach the quarterback position differently. You know, I had some teams that were really good and just got like I thought it was somehow going to fly to have, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick and. Um, you know, like, uh, uh, Derek Carr, those teams. Yeah. 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 Those don't work. I mean, and they can't look, I'm not saying they can't not work to, right. to borrow a phrase from, uh, Chris Greer. I'm not saying he can't not be not great and not great. It's like, what you just, you just told on yourself, buddy. Um, but I, I think, you know, we were tweeting about this, Josh, at one point during the season, you know, the teams that took the teams that attacked got Stafford and Brady, right. You, you know, there's all this um, value placed on quarterbacks who can run. Yep. And so Stafford and Brady 
who were putting up big games consistently and had these spike weeks, if you paired those guys together, yep. you were you know you were loaded at the quarterback. And position. that was like quarterback ten and eleven. Like there is there was a sweet spot last year, but it wasn't all those names, yeah. you know. And then you know those rookies who could run got heavily heavily pushed up the boards like Justin Fields and Trey Lance, and we saw one for half a season and one and he didn't run, and then we didn't see the other one at all. But then what also I think is part of your conversation here will is that for like the last five years the late round quarterback was like the best thing imaginable yes, absolutely I, in fantasy football just in general the game in general but when Hayden goes back at the end of the year and says okay who are the most valuable picks out there Josh Allen being among the top five or top ten it's so freaking notable because he was a top three four quarterback drafted and then him just performing at an elite level makes it even more important so like trying to find those prototypes too and I think we're all a bit more open to now getting those ones early and and not just waiting and and stacking up on the other positions like you talked about yeah i think the other thing i would do is um we got three more to fill it uh so that should be fairly fast get in there chat yeah 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 get in there if um two more there we go chat what's up by the way for something like this are there i always wanted to ask this and i don't know if you can tell us oh we can tell you okay is so there's only one room there's only okay that's what i was asking now for like during the during like le- like you know a few weeks before is that true for the big dog like for true for any yeah they just start flying off the board yep. like that okay. like that fill just goes 12, crazy 12, 12, yeah. 12. okay yeah, yeah. um okay i just didn't know if like at, at certain points there were like several open we, well we have we have the 32nd and the 8 the 8 yeah. hour so i guess that's two different draft okay. rooms we but yeah are filled great I'll i think pull it up here uh, the last thing just to round out the the quarterback conversation is and I, I think that we've gotten a lot smarter with our quarterbacks. Like the, the Lamar Jackson going in the last round is just not going to happen anymore. Like Trey Lance was priced properly. Like he, he, yep. it was the worst possible outcome. But I think I thought that quarterback 12 range for him last year was appropriate for what a ceiling is. Five years ago, before we had the, the Konami code and all that stuff. And like, I mean, that. Dude, like narrative Cam is Newton, gone. Like Cam Newton for off waivers, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's just like, not that's just not gonna happen anymore. Like Malik Willis, right now, we don't even know where he's getting gonna go in the draft. He can be a freaking second round pick for all we know. I don't think that's gonna happen, but he's already being priced relatively appropriately before the draft. So I think you're getting that segment of the fantasy upside being completely priced in. So it's harder to find like that late round guy. Like we've uh we've pri- uh, probably uh priced like the kyler murray as a rookie like all yeah, those definitely. guys as a rookie the only one that we haven't is the rookie statue quarterbacks like the justin herbert was still going really late so maybe if you can find if you like oh sam Howell is that dude then i guess but outside of that it's gonna be hard to find these and, late and round I think, values I, I think one of the other things that i would i would take away from last year too is i, I want to do i want to allocate my drafts uh more evenly across t- time like most of mine were yeah. late and near the near the end of the beginning of the season. Um, so, you know, you miss out on some of the value that you would have gotten, you know, or immediately after the draft, right. Or whenever BBM goes up or BBM yep. three goes up. Um, and then I want to do more slow drafts. I would mostly do oh. the 32nd uh, drafts on my phone and would sit around and like drink whiskey and you know, walk my dog and do what a life. Yeah. <laughs> just dad life. But I would like bang out these drafts. And I just think, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, like not like I can't. Ha- I would do like two at a, two at a time or something like that, and yep. you know, it's just it's just it's just because they're fun as hell. But it's like, it's it's a little too greedy to you know you know like I I want I needed to have some that were like 
would pop up and be like, hey, it's your turn. Let's go. Um, and uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I mean, are like our huge users with those, Will, the slow drafters, they might be in 30 at one time and they really segmented it out twice a day. So they'll like wake up and go through all 30 selections or wow. have like a three o'clock time where there's like they're on the clock on 20 of them and like bang them out then. So it's not like they're me and you constantly forever online. Right. Uh, instead, they are. You're on the clock, by the way. Yeah. And I would do more during the day, too. Yeah, I know. I yeah. saw that. Um, OK, so I have 30 seconds. Oh, boy. Um, oh man. I'll tell you what. I think this is stealing here because I, I think he's coming back. So I'm going to take. Wow. Rogers. We uh, we may or may not find this information out tomorrow. Will That's your right. prediction. I, I mean, I've, I've bet, by the way, I bet the uh, Dak was going to be the other choice there, too. But uh, yeah, um, the uh, I bet the Packers at minus 150 to win the NFC North. That's just insane value, I think. I mean, he's I just think he's coming back to Green Bay. I know there's some buzz about uh, the combine about Denver and all that. And that's OK. Yeah. But, you know, I would guess that a lot of that is potentially. If you, wow. Trey Lance. Spicy. Oh, yeah, man. He, his ADP was too low when I was looking at it. It was like 18th or something overall, like quarterback 10. Uh, I I have in my rankings, I said, screw it. He's my quarterback six. Like, I think he'll get there once Jimmy G gets traded. Like, I think his ceiling is much higher than someone like Joe Burrow. I have him like one spot ahead of Joe Burrow in my rankings. Like, uh, Let me ask you guys high. this. Given that it's super flex, oh, I'm on mm -hmm. the clock. I'll ask you in a minute. Um, I think I have to take another quarterback here. So it's either Jalen or Russ. Yeah. Or Adams, if you want to stack it out. I like the stack it out idea. Well, hour and 44 minutes on the dot. Thanks for doing this. Thanks that for letting us. Uh, I, I was, I didn't, you know what? I didn't even look at the clock at any point. Didn't even realize how long. Even when you were on the board, you know, your life is on cue. I know. I know, I know. Um, uh, I well, pick six podcast. Tell us about it. Yeah, daily NFL podcast, even in the off season. <laughs> wow. That's impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. It's uh, it's something. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's two weeks. There's four or six weeks, you know, in uh, June and July. Or, you know. <laughs> yeah. June. You're like, all right, let's look. Anytime, Will, you want to do best ball drafts on there, we'll hop on with you. Oh, that's a good that? idea. All right. Let's, let's, uh, yeah, let's do it. It is a very unserious football podcast. Every day you have to be. I don't know how you can be serious every single day. That would be yes. a lot. I feel so bad for my producer, Debo. Like having to deal with me every day would be hell on earth. So. <laughs> uh, Will, thanks so much. Uh, Hayden and I will be back tomorrow. Charles McDonald will make his debut on the show. Excited for that as well. So be on the lookout. Lots of free agent talk on the way and then lots of stuff planned for next week as well. All right, everyone. For Lyndon, Corbin, Travis, Phil, all of you in the chat, and most importantly, Will Brinson of the Villa. Talk to y'all soon. See ya.